0: Atheist Nomads, Episode 74 The War on Christmas. News for December 25, 2014. Atheist Nomads is proudly brought to you by Archway Hosting. Check out their low price, full featured hosting solutions at archwayhosting.com. That's A R C H W A Y Hosting.com. We are the Atheist Nomads bringing you history, science, politics, religion, and interviews with leaders in the atheist community. Not all those who wander are lost. Welcome to another episode of Atheist Nomads. This is episode number 74 recorded for christmas december 25 2014 i am dustin and joining me as always is wesley hey there man how's it going going good going good uh we are recording live on hangouts on air and we have one viewer oh my goodness (laughs) i'm sorry we are a half hour late uh that is uh was on my (laughs) end yay wasn't me yeah, yeah, for, for once. Uh, it was a combination <laughs> uh, of issues. Uh, one was I had the old Google talk plugin installed and that has since been, uh, made native within Chromium and Google Chrome. So it was conflicting. The other issue was apparently Google Hangouts is not compatible with the Jack audio connection, uh, stack. So once I turned that off, all of a sudden it recognized my camera and audio. So. We are going! Yay!
1: <laughs> yeah. So, how you been, Wesley? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, all right, I suppose. Had the in- odd, interesting uh, Christmas party down at the Mormon Coffee House, where all the Navy guys go to meet the teenage girls—uh, mm. young teenage girls. Um, but yeah, you know, the food was actually pretty good. So it was free, so I went. Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> How about you? Anything interesting?
0: Ah, since we, we last a news episode, I have been working on the show. We recorded that Tuesday of last week. Uh, yep. well, the week that we're recording, uh, Saturday, December 20. Uh, I had that out by Thursday. Then I had Friday night off and then Saturday, or I had Saturday off as well. Then Sunday we recorded the episode uh, 73 interview and I edited it. Edited it and had it all scheduled and ready to go by the end of that day. God damn. It was a long, exhausting day. Monday I had Cosmos. Uh, Tuesday recorded episode 75. Wednesday I worked on recording, on editing that. Uh, Thursday spent some time with Lauren. Yesterday I finished most of the editing. This morning I finished the rest of the post production on that one and have it scheduled and ready to go. And now today we are doing 74. And I'm going to try to have this done tomorrow if i can so i can enjoy the christmas week before i drive 300 miles each way for christmas and then 500 <laughs> miles each way for new year's to spend time with family nice nice yeah
1: well being a gov employee we actually are kind of forced to take leave so uh this year i'm actually taking uh christmas eve off but i will be off until the fifth so hooray nice nice yeah, we're, well, we're forced to take leave now because, well, the whole shipyard used to turn into a giant drunken party for like a week or so. <laughs> so instead of having, you know, tons of alcohol, maybe more than a couple of accidents, you know, yeah, just force all these drunks to take leave. So yeah, we do.
0: <laughs> all righty. And uh, for, th- for those of you uh, listening to the regular podcast, uh, you know, hopefully you aren't all waiting until after Christmas Day to listen, because then uh the the whole Christmas theme will be kind of wasted. Uh Those of yeah. you who are taking advantage of us as an excuse to get away from family, uh, especially if you have a religious <laughs> family and get a little dose of reason, uh we wish you a very, very happy and secular Christmas. Kwanzaa and Chanukah and everything. And solstice and Saturnalia and you name it. We wish it on you. Yeah. Any reason to, to drink. Yay. Yes. Alrighty. Wesley, what do you have for us for this day in history? So,
1: being, uh, well, officially released on December 25th and all, uh, this day in history, year one, Anno Domini, Jesus is born and the first Christmas celebration is had. Oh, wait. That's absolute bullshit. So, uh.
0: Happy birthday, Jesus. Fucking hey. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Good I call. Good call. All right. Still have that good audio from a couple of years ago. <laughs>
1: God, fucking nutter. All right. <laughs> so yeah, um, th- this is, you know, really old stuff. So, you know, dates might not be completely accurate, but, uh, seems like, uh, 352 AD seems to be the year that, uh, Julius the first split Epiphany from Christmas Day and, you know, place Christmas on December 25th. You know, you can do that when it's fiction and there's nothing set in stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems that there might have been some minor precedents for using the 25th, though. Um I've read a couple articles saying that the calendars were found that had Christmas on them back to around 336 or 337 A.D., Still, most atheists and agnostics have heard that Christmas was placed on December 25th to help co-opt the week-long Roman festivals for Saturn, the god of agriculture, and Mithra, the Persian god of light. But, you know, ask any frat boy. They don't really care why there is a party. They just care that there is a party.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the Mithra one in particular, though, it hmm. Mithra was the the sun god. He was very popular among the... uh poor elements of the roman military while as Christ, uh, christianity was popular with the poor elements of civilian uh roman population and mithra is was alleged to have been born on christmas day mm-hmm. uh, and so why not have the christian god of you know the light quote yeah. unquote <laughs> on that day it also <laughs> corresponded with a, a number of uh Germanic, uh, solstice holidays, uh, seem pretty popular to be celebrating the solstice just a few days after when it is clear that the the sun has been reborn. Sure. Sure. I mean,
1: it's just after the short, uh, shortest day of the year. So, you know, the sun is coming the The spring and summertime is coming again.
0: They also had a bit of calendar Mm. drift at that point with, uh, Mm. leap years and, and whatnot. Yeah, but they weren't too bad about it. Yeah.
1: Another little tidbit to that, uh, so not very surprising to me. Uh, the, Pur- the Puritans that came to America uh, thought that giving gifts, decorating trees and the like was very pagan. And, well, they were right. So they didn't celebrate Christmas, really. Uh, it wasn't until 1870 that Christmas actually became a federal holiday. Which, hooray, day off. Yeah, so that's what I have for that one.
0: Yeah, well, one thing that's been kind of nice is at work they went a little over the top with... Oh, the Christmas decorations. Nice. And I was looking around at all of them. Like, okay, one person's work area looks like an elf vomited (laughs) all over everything. Anyway, it it, I was looking around at all of it, and there was nothing religious at all. And it was kind of nice being surrounded by festive pagan symbols.
1: Ah, sure. Who doesn't like fucking lights and cookies and elves and Mm -hmm. trees? Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that that actually kind of feeds into the next one I was going to talk about. Uh, Santa Claus. Uh, no real reason to bring it up. It's not an actual date in history or any shit and thing, but, uh, yeah. Um, Santa Claus, definitely not invented by Coca Cola. Uh, nor were they, were they the first and put him in the now standard red suit. Uh, very, though there was a very talented guy named Hayden Sumblom who created many of the images of Santa for Coca-Cola for Coca-Cola, <laughs> which seemed to be inspired by many other artists of the time. And a gent named Clement Mark Moore, who wrote a poem in 1822 called a visit from St. Nicholas. And in that poem, he describes, you know, Santa very clearly as, you know, the fat man, jolly bread's, you know, red suit all that stuff. But uh yeah, so kind of break down that that thought that a lot of people had that you know, I've heard that he was in a green suit before Coke. I've heard a lot of different odd stuff, but no, not really true.
0: Cool. No, yeah. hmm. oh, and going back in the whole Christmas being pagan thing. Oh yeah. Uh, growing up Adventists, they uh really downplayed Christmas a lot. Yeah. Uh it wasn't until late 90s that I ever saw a actual Adventist Christmas sermon. Uh, It wasn't uncommon to cancel church if it fell on on Christmas Day just so that people, because nobody was going to show up anyway, they'd all be with family. And (laughs) my family always celebrated Christmas, but it was always very secular. Hmm. Until I was a theology major and decided to try to throw some religion into the mix. Oh. (sighs) Yeah. Didn't float very well. Yeah, it didn't continue on. Once I stopped. <laughs> really? They just stopped having Christmas? No, just stopped trying to make it into something religious. Oh.
1: <laughs> You're like, everybody's like, no, Dustin just made Christmas really bad. We're just going to cancel it from now on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> 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 oh, man. And to end this on a upbeat note, uh, this day in... 1996, John Benet Ramsey is murdered. Let that hang for a second. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, yeah, I remember this when I was pretty damn young. Uh, the six year old girl was murdered in her own home on Christmas day in 1996 in Boulder, Colorado. Her parents, John and Patsy Ramsey called the police the next frickin' day about their six year old. Yeah. At 5.52 a.m. to report that she was missing. Uh, the cops came out and find an oddly, oddly specific and verbose ransom note that demanded $118,000, uh, which just so happened to be the amount of John Ramsey's bonus from his employer. Uh, yeah. Interestingly, the cops wouldn't find the girl's body until later in that, that afternoon on the 26th in the family's basement. God damn, to steal your word. I do love that word. (laughs) I mean, this is fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. John Bonnet's body was found under a blanket in the basement. And of course it became a national sensation. Very soon after, uh, the little girl had been beaten, strangled, uh, found with tape over her mouth, hands tied together with cord. And there were signs that she might've been sexually assaulted. Uh, Mm. however, Boulder detectives did a piss poor job of preserving evidence and actually allowed John Benet, Ram- well, sorry, John Ramsey, to disrupt the crime scene by removing his daughter's body from the basement. What the actual fuck? Um, just so fucking inept. Good. So, no signs of an intruder. Uh, of course, suspicion quickly fell out to the parents as well. It should have. Uh, like I said, the ransom note was an exact amount of John Ramsey's uh Chris, uh, basically holiday bonus that for his company, which seemed really weird. The paper is actually also from his, from their house. So, you know, just kind of weird that, you know, a kidnapper would, or somebody would go into their house, find paper, write the note, just leave it there, then kill the girl and leave her in the basement. Anyways, uh, Apparently, that just didn't seem enough to do anything about it. Uh, the investigation into John Benet's murder continued for more than two years. But in October 1999, Grand Jury uh, heard the evidence in the case and finally dismissed with no recommendation for filing charges. What the fuck? Yeah. And an, an odd, I really want attention twist. In 2006, former school teacher John Mark Carr was arrested after confessing to the murder. However, Carr's DNA did not match samples found on John Benet's body and he was released. And hopefully he's getting treatment now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. Treatment's always yeah. good for, for crazy assholes like that. God, I remember fucking media blitz over this. Yeah. Everybody was all over it.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, that's what I got for history.
0: Alrighty. Shortened to the point. And it's time for science and technology. Alright. Much of what we have for science today is going to sound kind of like science fiction. First off, we have a robot that is fully autonomous and can think like a real living organism. It is a wheeled Lego robot that has the connectome, that is all of the connections of a worm. See elegans. Uh, this is like the most simple animal out there. It is a tube worm, uh, with a very small genome that has been, you know, is one of the earliest ones to be, uh, to be all mapped and they've actually mapped out its, its brain. Uh, it only has 302 neurons. Well, they programmed uh, this this robot with all of those connections and 302 software neurons. Hmm. They gave it sensors, uh, a sonar that would be attached where the the worm's nose would be. It's got parts for just about everything. And they turn it on, and without actually programming any actions, it works and acts just like the worm would. Nice. Moves up to a wall, senses it, backs away. Okay. They can touch the touch sensors on its sides, and it will respond to those and move. Touch the food sensor, and it will move towards you. Hmm. They mapped out a worm brain into an actual robot. Uh Robo worms gonna take over the world. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> more accurately, it's a, a good proof of concept. That this can be done, and I am sure they will be continuing to advance this um, towards more and more advanced brains uh, until we've got maybe robot dogs that are actually act like dogs. Oh, they have that. You know, remember the Abo? Yeah, but one that can Japan. actually act just like a dog without having programming telling it to act like a dog
1: it's better than a dog it doesn't poop anywhere
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i don't i don't want to talk about that do not want to talk about that
1: uh oh no you're having little accidents everywhere
0: anyway so uh <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and move on to uh, other smelly things of simple life uh mm-hmm. methane is a really good evidence of of life you know, on Earth, the vast majority of all the methane is being produced by anaerobic bacteria, uh, things like extremophiles and our gut bacteria, ours and, you know, other animals. Uh, and so that's one thing they've been looking for in exobiology, is looking for signs of methane. Yes, methane can be produced by inorganic processes, and some of the methane on Earth is. And Curiosity, a year ago, announced that... There was no sign of methane on, on Mars. Uh, that was one of the big things they were hoping for it to, to answer because scientists looking from Earth had found signs of methane. Large plumes hmm. all happening at once and then spreading across the planet. Well, to double check this, uh, they isolated out the carbon dioxide from a sample of air and Curiosity found methane. Not just methane, fluctuating amounts. Hmm. In organic processes, you would kind of expect to be pretty consistent. Um, granted, you know, it's things like temperature and freezing and thawing could definitely impact and, and cause fluctuations. Uh, but the, the baseline amount was below the sensitivity of the instrument. Uh, and they're, they're finding very faint fluctuations, um, substantial, but still faint which could suggest that the methane is a long ways away and coming to them. Uh, But this could mean either current or past life on Mars, either current anaerobic bacteria or past anaerobic bacteria that has its, its farts being trapped by, by the ice.
1: Well, I would think if there's any life on Mars currently, it would be well underneath the soil.
0: Yes. (laughs) And with the thin atmosphere, you would definitely expect anaerobic. So, yeah, this is this is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Really pretty cool. All right, so we've covered smart robots. Well, relatively smart, but yeah. the Robo arm We've now had signs of life on another world, and now we've got the cyborg. For the first, yeah, but this guy's pretty cool. Yes, for the first time, uh, a double amputee has been given two bionic arms at the same time, and they both work. He can use both of them at the same time. This is, this is a major, major first. And what's even cooler with these, they're using electrodes to actually read his thoughts and the motions respond to his thoughts.
1: Uh, this man has, yeah, they, they have what electrodes placed, uh, on certain places around his torso where the nerve impulses would usually come from, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is amazing.
0: And even more amazing. This guy lost both of his arms forty years ago in an electrical accident.
1: Yeah, he he's like late fifties, early sixties.
0: Forty years without being able to use arms, and he's picking up on it pretty quick. Pretty this freaking is so
1: cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, they it, got it, these little harnesses strapped to his chest to hold them both in place and it, it it's amazing. They they look great. Yeah. He's doing amazing with these.
0: Yeah. And it's what, what was even more surprising to the researchers is that he picked up on it really fast. They're expecting this to be a very, very slow process. No, he picked up on it quickly. Uh, he's it's only like, been nah, using fuck these it. For I want a
1: beer. We, yeah. we got this.
0: He's only been using these for a few months, and he's already come this far. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, he only gets to use them when he's in the lab, but they are actually working on a set that he can take home. And a quote from him in this article uh, from Medical Daily really just hits you in the feels. Maybe for once, I'll be able to put change in a pop machine and get the pop out of it. Simple things like that, that most people never think of.
1: Fucking, I man, just being able to do shit for yourself is so great.
0: Assistive technology is one of those things that, it's in its infancy, it's still very crude, uh, but it can, it can give people with disabilities a little bit more normalcy. And the more research and development that goes into assistive technology, the closer we get to a time when everyone can do the simple things in life. And it's just fucking awesome.
1: And from fucking awesome to
0: fucking nuts. Yeah, so in Calgary, uh, in Alberta, Canada, three years ago, they stopped their fluoridation program.
1: Wisely, I'm sure.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, Three years later... Dentists and dental hygienists are complaining about the increase in child tooth decay that at least some of them are blaming on the removal of fluoride. Uh, quoting uh, Dr. Sarah Holland, I'm seeing a lot more children having a lot more cavities. I'm seeing a lot of decay in 19 to 20 month babies. And this is even before they've got all the teeth in. Oh, No. We frequently have to put them to sleep to rehabilitate them. We don't have enough anesthetists that actually help us to put them to sleep. We don't have enough OR time. We don't have enough manpower to actually do the care that needs to be given. They used to have a one-month wait for pediatric dentistry. They now have a three-month wait. Wow. And they have a bus that goes around to provide free dental care for poor children. And cavities are the norm didn't used to be uh but it's it's becoming a big problem uh more than half of the children that get treated on these buses have tooth decay uh quoting co uh, figure
1: that co figure that they fi- uh, see lower self esteem in these kids
0: yeah um quoting denise Cockerham, uh we see lower self esteem with these kids attention spans are affected loss of days of school yeah these kids teeth are jacked up yeah they are really bad. And what people don't think about when they, they, they remove fluoridation is it's, it's not there for the affluent or the children of the affluent. Adults don't need it as much. Rich kids get enough of it in their toothpaste and dietary sources. Get
1: to go to the, to the good dentist too.
0: Yeah. Go to the dentist and go frequently. It's poor kids who don't have access to necessarily the best toothpaste or enough toothpaste they don't get to see the dentist as much they don't have as good of diets they're the ones that need that extra help of fluoride unfortunately it tends to be the wealthy that vote more and the poor who don't when it comes to cases like this it should be the opposite because it's the poor who need services like that not the wealthy and the poor should be stepping up and fighting for their own interests and people shouldn't be trying to fight harmless things that help others. Like fluoridation. It's just it's fucking ridiculous. This is a twenty first century. Fluoridation should have been settled sixty years ago when it started and they saw amazing effects from it. But we're we're in this era of hippy dippy anti modernists that want to see all of the the progress of the twentieth century undone.
1: Because whatever's natural must be better. And thank you for being the one that said hippies. Uh
0: natural is not better. Natural has not worked very well for us. Natural caused horrible just look at the the life expectancy a hundred and fifty years ago compared to today. The and the biggest problem people don't get, yeah, with all the natural stuff, people who made it to adulthood did fine. Kids were dying. If you can make it to adulthood, you'll be fine regardless, more or less. We don't want to have to go back to having 30% of children die before the age of 18. Which brings us to politics and religion.
1: And on a happier note, <laughs> yes, in a way.
0: <laughs> I have another update on the Rossiter case. Uh, they were convicted uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, and they have now been sentenced to 10 years in prison each. Fucking A. Yes, this was a case of a family from the Church of the Firstborn, a faith-healing cult, uh who denied her daughter with diabetes the care she needed. Uh, fortunately, ha- Oregon has a law that allows charging people with manslaughter for the death of their children, and they do not allow for a religious defense.
1: Which is good, because only a few years ago they they allowed this stuff.
0: Yes. And unfortunately in Idaho and much of the rest of the country, it is still allowed. Uh, We'll be hearing a whole lot more about that uh, in our next episode uh, with Linda Martin, who is a survivor of the related sect, the followers of Christ, who grew up with faith healing, i.e. child sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's... One 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 line from this article that really just grits at me is from their defense attorney. i um, talking about the, uh, the mandatory sentencing under Measure 11. It treats everyone the same despite the fact everyone is not the same. That someone who intentionally tortures a child is not going to be treated the same as a mother who is a good mother in all respects, but because of religious beliefs hasn't provided medical care for the child. There is no difference. Intentionally torturing a child and neglecting a child causing that child's torture is the same there is no defense for torturing children no matter what whatever regardless of the intention there is no difference and they had two other children and uh they have been remanded to guardianship uh they will not be with friends or family because that luckily. would luckily yes that would put them right back in the same church and that same dangerous situation where they might not get the medical care they need uh,
1: something that I did find a little, a little good in this, uh, the jury only took four hours to convict them, uh, to, uh, to bring back a guilty charge, which really made, made me kind of happy that it didn't take a, an extended amount of time for them to decide this. Uh, but man, I've always kind of wondered, I mean, if there's no medical attention given to themselves or their kids, supposedly, uh. Why do they use soap? Why do they use toothpaste? I mean, that, those are also medical scientific inventions. I mean, where do you draw the line in that? It's just when you actually go to the doctor.
0: Well, we, of course, we, we cover that in the next episode.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So do you get the answer to that question? <laughs> exactly. Just kind of foreshadowing
0: there. Yes. So. <laughs> and, uh, oh, now going oh. back to Calgary hmm. for some. More tragedy. Uh, There was, in uh, November 2013, a a 14-month-old baby boy uh, died in the hospital. His parents uh, were reluctantly, finally got him medical treatment after family members uh, insisted they do. But -hmm. it was too late, and he died. Uh, The autopsy showed that he had a staph infection complicated by malnutrition. These parents are strict vegans and very extreme seventh adventists.
1: Which you're saying is kind of rare in Seventh Day.
0: What what you in getting vegans. Okay, you've got the mainstream adventists which, you know, in, in North America roughly half are vegetarian, the other half eat meat. Yeah, maybe about 10% are vegan. But so you got in the lucky half. I was in the lucky half, yes. Uh, All right. Then you get the the, the the fundamentalist Adventists, if you want to put it that way, who the, the more conservative who think that the denomination is this liberal bastion of sin, um, they tend not to trust denominational institutions. They have a tendency to uh, use self-supporting institutions that tend to also be very conservative. Uh, they mm-hmm. start getting distrusting of medical care while the rest of the church... Loves Medical Care and runs one of the nation's largest one of the world's largest networks of hospitals. And they also have a, a, I've seen a definite trend they go full on vegan. Uh the mm. idea is and this is kind of the whole concept of of one of the concepts of Adventist diet is you want to move closer and closer to the original human diet in the garden of Eden. Closer to the diet we'll have in, in heaven. Uh, you try to go to an Eden-like diet, it's fruits and vegetables only. Start doing Wait. weird things with nuts. And they start cutting more and more and more things from their diet. And when you start restricting too much and you're already vegan, it is really hard to get enough vitamins, minerals, and amino acids to especially support a baby.
1: Wait, okay. I, I have to break in for a second. Did did you just say that if we went to heaven, we're expected to be fucking vegetarian? Yep. Oh hell no. The the Adventist right.
0: version of heaven, there is there'd still be no alcohol, or there'd be no alcohol, right? No meat and no sex. Heaven is not. Sounds a more a lot, a lot more like hell to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh no! Okay, so, anyways, these
1: this these this poor uh, kid's parents have just been charged with uh, criminal negligence uh, causing the the death and failure to provide the necessities of life.
0: Yeah, their their extended (sighs) family still worship at the Central Seventh Adventist Church in Calgary, uh, but Jeremy Clark and his wife stopped attending about eight years ago without any. Explanation. Uh, quoting Pastor Barber, uh, he became very radical, very controlling with his wife. They disappeared, and we haven't seen them for about eight years. Hmm. Uh, last fall, they did attend one church service, and the pastor uh, remembered him seeming very serious. Uh, that is the the other thing I have a tendency to see or, or recall seeing with those extreme Adventists is they always looked serious and very stern. Kind of like they were trying to remove all joy from their lives. Well, you would be too if you hadn't had a steak in forever. (laughs) God. Or, or heck, even eggs. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, they're, they are facing charges. But yeah, just trying to force a child, a infant to be a vegan is a bad, bad idea. Heck, being a vegan unless you are being very careful to make sure you get everything you need it is very hard to do. We did not evolve to be vegans. we evolved yeah. eating meat at least on occasion uh so our bodies don't produce all of the things that we would need eating just plants and it can be very expensive to do it right or just eat a frickin steak yeah uh so uh Isis is. Okay, kind of hard to tell exactly what's real and what's not with information they put out. Uh, They've had a tendency to be over-exaggerating what they do, uh, trying to sound scarier and crazier than they actually are, assuming that's possible. Uh, But the Iraqi uh, Ministry of Human Rights uh, claims that this case is is valid and was real, and that, that ISIS executed at least 150 women for the crime of refusing to become sex slaves. Hmm. They refused jihadi marriage and so they were attacked and buried in a mass grave. Uh, ISIS also recently published a pamphlet explaining how to handle female captives. Oh, lovely. And it is grotesque. Um, They explain that it is permissible to take non-Muslim captives and that Al-Sabi is a woman from among all Al-Harb, the people of war, who has been captured by Muslims. Uh, what makes Al-Sabi permissible is her unbelief. Unbelieving women who are captured and brought into the abode of Islam are permissible for us. Uh, they say it is permissible to have sexual intercourse with the female captive. Allah the Almighty said, successful are the believers who guard their chastity, except from their wives or the captives and slaves that their right hands possess for then they are free from blame right right awesome it says that if she's a virgin her master can have intercourse with her immediately after taking possession of her however if he isn't her uterus must be purified first Uh, i'm kind of that's scared to to ask yeah me too i I mean does he just wait till she
1: has her next period or does he use like fucking bleach and Meredith is over here shaking her head. She doesn't want to know yeah. what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah,
0: I don't either. <laughs> that that was one I didn't want to bother digging into further. Uh, it is permissible to buy, sell, or give as a gift female captives and slaves, for they are merely property, which can be disposed of as long as they don't cause the Muslim any harm or damage. Dude, they're like fucking Pokemon cards. Yeah. got to get them all. However, he can't sell her if she becomes the mother of a child. Oh. So knock her up and you're stuck with her. All right. All right. Okay. Until you kill her. And if all of that wasn't bad enough, it is permissible to have intercourse with a female slave who hasn't reached puberty if she is fit for intercourse. However, if she is not fit for intercourse and is enough to enjoy her without intercourse.
1: Oh. So just uh, BJ's and hand jobs.
0: Yeah. And I don't want to know what fit for intercourse means in that context. Um, this is ISIS is, if there, if there wasn't a a thing as evil, I think it'd be safe to say that they are the embodiment of it.
1: Well, Taliban did give them a good run for their money recently.
0: Yeah. (laughs) God damn.
1: Yeah. So you heard about the Taliban killing 145, mostly children from that school in Pakistan. Yeah. Uh, that was so bad that, uh, some other mil, uh, Muslim militant extremists in Africa denounce them,
0: holy shit
1: yeah it it wasn't uh, Boko Haram, but it was another group uh down in central Africa that actually denounced them and said that they're basically not Muslim
0: Wow, wow <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we need to see a lot more of Muslims denouncing. Even if they
1: are other Muslim terrorists. Yeah. uh,
0: There there needs to be a line in the sand. And the Quran is a horrible, horrible line. It is a horrible, horrible text that goes into way too much detail on how to have and and keep slaves. Heck, Christians ignore that part of their Bible. Why can't Muslims do the same with with the Quran? Fucking hell. Anyway, we got got a, a... some, some kind of good out of the, the Catholics in Australia. Well, sort of. Uh, mm. they, they had a, a truth justice and healing council that was, was looking into the whole, uh, sexual abuse of, of minors issue. Uh, and from that report, uh, they went ahead and made an admission and, uh, got some of the audio from, uh, the interview on AM with Chris Ullman. Uh, from Australia's ABC, the Australian Broadcasting Channel.
1: What our council's report says is that we recognize that celibacy can be a contributing factor. We do not know the extent of that. We do not know the degree to which it was a dominant factor, but we are not putting our head in the sand and ignoring
0: the issue. Is there any chance that celibacy will no longer be a requirement in Australia for Catholic priests? No, that's not what we're talking about. We're not saying let's get rid of celibacy.
1: All right, so they admit that it's a problem, and then they say, no, we're not going to do a damn thing about it.
0: Oh, they're, they're going to look right. into things like training and screening of priests. That, that's it. The, the
1: training should include masturbation and lots of porn. Just a- and having a
0: mistress on the side. Yeah, sure, sure. Or, or mister, if you swing that way. Sure, like the good old days. Uh, one of the, the problems here is the Catholic Church is a, unlike most of the rest of Christianity, which is text-based, uh, sola scriptura uh, for the Protestants, uh, they are tradition-based. So once something becomes tradition, it is stuck forever. Like celibacy, it is tradition, and so it's now going to be there for all eternity, Uh Unfortunately, the tradition or the source of that tradition really comes down to a early Dark Ages prohibition on priests getting married because the church had a lot of land and they were concerned that you would start having hereditary office in the church like you had with the the civil authorities. And so they just had to make sure that priests couldn't have legitimate heirs. So priests weren't allowed to get married. It was very common for them to have. A piece on the side. Not even uncommon for them to have a bunch of children. It wasn't even uncommon for popes to have mistresses and children. But eventually, with some of the piety that came along later, uh, you nope, know, couldn't just be that priests couldn't have children, priests just couldn't straight up have sex. On well, That just doesn't work. You, know, you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Sex is on that basic bottom rung. Right down there with, with shelter and food. Oh yeah, gotta get it on. And you, you deprive people of that most basic need. You're going to increase the chances of people not being able to live up to that standard. Uh, just like how evangelicals in the US do not have a, a tendency of their children waiting until marriage to have sex. They have a, a much higher rate of teen marriages, you know, shotgun wedding types and teen, other teen pregnancies because they don't think it's going to happen, so they don't take the the measures to address it. Uh, and You have the added factor of the Catholic Church of, with the sacraments, you either need to get married, or you need to take a vow of celibacy. And that vow of celibacy is best done within the church structure. That creates a system where those who do not fit in with the heterosexual norm are going to be driven that direction and i'm not just saying heterosexual versus homosexual but also pedophiles anybody who's not straight and atta- any any man who is not attracted to adult women would be drawn to that that escape from it and then fail and if you don't have good outlets for that like the ability to go fuck an adult well, you're going to take advantage of the children around you. So really what the Catholic Church needs to do to address this issue is go back to hiring prostitutes.
1: Well, that would probably be a better use of uh, church funds than most of the uses they have for it. Mm-hmm. So, fuck it.
0: And uh, Moving on. coming back to the U.S., uh, the governor of Ohio has finally laid out the the rules on this, this new mentoring program uh, for poor kids is going to be run through schools rules that were not included in the legislation that authorized this program. The whole thing was supposed to be a partnership between churches and businesses and schools and non-for-profit organizations and just about everybody else. Well, the final rules that came out is three of the partners must be a church, a business and a school. Uh, two of those
1: are necessary. One of them isn't. It's going out on a limb here. Uh, I don't see any reason for a church to be involved.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Other than to filter money through them to help give money to churches in a roundabout shystree way.
0: Uh, buddy Harris, a senior policy analyst for the Ohio department of education, uh, told a gathering of, of church and nonprofit representatives, The faith-based organization is clearly at the heart of the vision of the governor. We do not foresee any proselytizing happening between mentors and students. That's not really what we're seeking. I'm calling bullshit already. Uh, The governor was... Somebody asked why the governor was mixing religion with the state program. And uh, his spokesman, uh, Rob Nichols, said the governor believes faith-based organizations play an important role in the lives of young people.
1: Oh, yeah. The the least believing groups that there are out there sure
0: yeah and the okay. uh in the governor's welcome video for this program said the good lord has a purpose for each and every one of them the students and you're helping them to find it um
1: uh, uh going on with a bit of fake quoterie uh in the church mhm okay
0: this is is definitely uh well illegal and hell even with faith-based programs, mixing of church and state that has been allowed, stuff that should not have been allowed but has been allowed to slip through. Uh, the Supreme Court has always held a firm, firm line at schools. So I am really looking forward to when this gets sued in federal court and they get their asses handed to them. Well, I'm hoping that the FFRF already has a
1: letter in
0: the mail. I'd be surprised if mm. they don't. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, Which now brings us to the War on Christmas. So the War on Christmas this year, uh, we've got some, some fun stories here. First off, uh, from Springfield, Massachusetts, City Councilor Bud Williams was at the Tuesday Hanukkah Menorah Lighting Ceremony. He was there along with the mayor, some other city dignitaries, leaders of the Springfield Jewish community a congressman and when it was his turn to speak he said jesus is the reason for the season but to a bunch of jews at a menorah lighting ceremony
1: i'm going to guess that none of none of said jews were part of the you know jews for jesus group
0: probably not probably not yeah uh when when he was questioned about his his choice of words uh he said I thought it added something to the service. It didn't take away. He went on to talk about how he he'd referenced Jesus, whose birth is celebrated December 25 by Christians, after participants in the ceremony mentioned the bright light of 2,000 years ago, which he thinks is an allusion to Christ. Quoting him, mm-hmm. they said it. Jesus <laughs> was Jewish. To me, Jesus is the Messiah. I thought I was being very positive. He even <laughs> claims that some rabbis thanked him for his comments. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, the uh, this is all part of the the basic asinineness of so many Christians, uh, especially Baptists like him and other uh, conservatives, that everything Christian is positive and happy and everybody wants to hear it. It's just being positive.
1: Well, sure. I mean... His, his congregation of, of Baptists is the only one that's going to heaven anyways. He might as well spread the good word while he can. Mm-hmm. Cause just like every Baptist knows, every other Baptist isn't going to heaven, just your church. Yeah. Just saying. <sighs> uh, but of course, well, the Jews will be down there too. So, hey. Yeah, so this. Toss it. He's just an ass.
0: Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> moving from, from Massachusetts to Michigan. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, state capital there has a satanic display. Hells yeah. <laughs> yeah. State Senator Tupac Hunter, Democrat from Detroit, criticized the exhibit and quoted Jesus denouncing Satan as a liar and the father of lies.
1: Uh, sure. It's a side point, but, uh, Satan was just the, Lucifer was just the questioner. Uh, he wasn't, uh, anything bad, but anyways, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, Michigan put up some rules so that, uh, all these displays had to be taken down every day, which they thought would help, you know, keep some of these bad people away and not have displays put up, but, uh, yeah, it kind of worked the other way. So you have displays like this going up because, well, the Satanists can take it down and put it up every day. Uh. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? Uh, hey, they're following the rules, and if the Christians weren't there, neither would the Satanists.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, quoting from Jex Blackmore, director of the Satanic Temple's Detroit chapter, in fact, our display works much better in dialogue with, represent- or with representations of other faiths. We believe that a diversity of beliefs should be represented so long as religious iconography is permitted on state property. And yeah. their display... Up every day from December twenty one to twenty three is awesome. It's a snake scene. <laughs> it has a snake, a mm. book symbolizing knowledge, and a message: that the greatest gift is knowledge. Well, all these Christians brought it on
1: themselves. Mm-hmm. I, there's I've never heard of a satanist group trying to put up a display of any sort, unless there was another one of some other faith. Well, quote unquote, uh, brackets Christian.
0: Yeah. Uh she she has some there's some other good quotes from, from uh Blackmore. Uh just as the nativity is a myth representing the birth of Christ, the snake is representation a representative of the myth of the birth of human enlightenment and liberation. Mm. And nice
1: way to turn it around on Eve. Make make it sound as a good like a good thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And in response to the legislature, if our legislature finds it morally incomprehensible to respect the diversity of differences among michigan citizens then perhaps they are much better served as members of the clergy rather than representatives of the people (laughs) that's
1: that's decent i like that yeah tasty that's what it is
0: all right and now florida where there is also a satanist display uh that's actually (laughs) going to be the, the week of december um the week before december uh they've got another festivus poll Yay. This year, it's only six place, feet tall. This place
1: definitely needs a six foot tall stack of empty Pabst Blue Ribbon cans, yeah. just like every other place. <laughs> Why Pabst? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, the from from the, the creator of the poll, uh, political blogger Chaz Stevens, my game plan is very simple. Make a circus out of it. Make it a fiasco. Make it ridiculous. I hope next year that some Haitian fellows with the slang of chickens want to come up. Or some other crazy whatnot because we need to take this all out of here.
1: Well, Jazz must have only been able to get to their, uh half-rack this time because, man, paps, 12 cans. Oof, that's rough. That's eh, not that yeah. bad. Yeah. <sighs> oh, God. Yeah, everybody wants to drink aluminum-tasting piss water. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, and
1: uh, still, yeah, awesome. Good on him. Also in Florida,
0: in the town of Century, uh, the city owned and operated a nativity scene, Mm. a very large one with life-size figures. And the FFRF sent them a letter advising them that it was illegal for the city to own and erect a sectarian display like that. This right. is a city of only 526 people. Uh Undoubtedly, with some advice from their attorney, they decided to go ahead and declare the Nativity Scene surplus property and sell it to the local ministerial association so it can be displayed on private grounds.
1: I'm sure it was for only a dollar or some crap amount, but whatever. Okay.
0: Hey, the whole point with the war on... The quote-unquote war on Christmas is that we don't have a problem with people celebrating Christmas. Most yeah. atheists celebrate Christmas.
1: Yeah. I'm culturally Christian. I like Christmas. I we like presents. We
0: don't have a problem with religious displays at no. no Christmas. Just keep it More off or of or fucking less. public property. There you go. If you want to put up a, a Happy Holidays banner on your courthouse, go for it. If you want to decorate a tree, mm. go for it. Try to put the baby Jesus in the manger and you're going to be and put that in the front of City Hall. It's going to make everybody visiting feel like an outsider.
1: I'm still a little even. I'm, I'm still a little iffy even on Christmas trees on, on pub- public property. But then again, I do put up fucking Christmas lights at my, at my little place at work. So fuck it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, it's, it's not that hard. Keep the religious stuff at your church or your yard. Or anywhere that isn't public land that everybody has to go to to conduct their business with their secular state. Yep. And once again, uh, this year, just like in the last, well, a couple other times in the last four years, uh, Colorado Representative Doug Lamborn, if, as if it needs to be said, a Republican, uh, introduced a resolution again. Uh, trying to defend Christians against the war on Christmas. Uh, what he said on the House floor was, Mr. Speaker, it is the most wonderful time of the year, a time when millions of Americans gather together to celebrate Christmas. We give thanks for Jesus' message of love and peace and remember the sacrifice he made for all. According to a recent poll, 9 out of 10 Americans celebrate Christmas. However, there is a troubling effort in America led by a vocal minority to remove the symbols and traditions of Christmas from the public arena.
1: Hmm
0: that is definitely troubling or not <laughs> yeah uh keep the oh, christian symbols private and the nice secular symbols yeah do whatever the hell you want with those i don't i don't know why this is so
1: fucking hard for everybody on fox and friends to understand keep one separate
0: from the other anyways yeah whatever. god damn <sighs> silly silly All right. We still have one live viewer. Holy shit. And while we don't have any live feedback, we do still have some feedback we got since our last episode. First off, from at JCC Ford, Jason writes, at atheist nomad, Stephanie feel makes me feel less successful. She's only a year older than me and she has done a lot more than me.
1: Yeah, she is way more successful than you. Sorry. You're, you fail?
0: Sorry. She's 28. Uh one of the things with with life is success kind of comes and goes. Heck, I I was a, a manager at 24. I'm now an IT guy at 30. I've so yeah, much that more kind happy. of a
1: downward trend there.
0: <laughs> uh yeah, just look at my salary. <laughs> Ooh. But it was a very positive, uh, change, uh, success, a successful life. Isn't necessarily doing big, huge things. I think the most successful life is one where you're satisfied and you're happy and you have enough to meet your basic needs and have some fun. If
1: you're happy and you know, it. yeah, uh, fuck it. As long as you're enjoying yourself and having a good time and you know, who really cares about the rest?
0: Yeah. And also, when it comes to people that are more successful than you, let them inspire you, not make you feel down on yourself. But you are a failure. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) And from Ryan via email, you guys have talked about white cops killing young black men. How about the black cops killing white men? Which has happened a fair amount. Or the cop up here in Minnesota that has got a shotgun blast to the face on a regular traffic stop the reason the white cops killing black men are seen more often is because it makes people pay more attention to the news. The saying, if it bleeds, it leads in the news is so true in this case. Ooh, um, I, I replied to Ryan um, asking for some links. Um,
1: this is just a, a, not a good thing at all. Uh, when you, when you have cops killing a 12 year old black kid for holding a, a, uh, airsoft, gun within two seconds of them pulling right up on him. I don't they barely got their door open when they when the first shot was fired. Uh no. Uh cops are not doing a good thing in this in the country. Uh,
0: you know, six but, five, six men choking us one person to death. Not cool. Uh shooting someone as he walks down the street. That that is not cool. Uh the black cops killing white men I haven't heard of this happening and I would suspect if we aren't hearing about it, it's because it's black cops killing armed white men. There
1: was a Ferguson protest just recently where there was a bunch of people laying down on the ground pretending to be dead. And this white man in a minivan with his uh, holding a gun out, pointing it at people as he drove over people trying to hit these demonstrators. Uh, he got talked, quote unquote, talked down and police came in and, you know, got the man to give himself up. No shots fired. Even though this man was hitting people with his vehicle and run and pointing his gun at people. I'm sorry. I'm not seeing parody there.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I saw a case out of Texas recently where, uh, Two white officers responded to a white open carry activist who was walking down the street with an AR-15. Yeah. Somebody called and complained. They pull up to talk to him. They take the gun. They arrest him, call for backup. Sergeant comes and, and releases him.
1: I'm sorry, but uh dude, this is not a white issue.
0: Does Meredith have something she needs to add in? I would really like her to would you just speak louder this way oh i'm sorry white people trying to make a black issue about white people again which isn't what allies need to be doing the minute we turn around and try and make this a a white person issue it's completely insulting to what's actually happening in the black community that's all damn right
1: fucking I. yeah wise words from a girl in a hello kitty jumper (laughs)
0: Now, the, the one thing he brought up that is a legitimate issue is cops getting shot during traffic stops. That happens way too frequently. We don't talk about that because that is criminals with something to hide shooting cops. Trying to say yeah. criminals need to stop breaking the law is not going to do anything. And if a cop shoots an armed person during a traffic stop... I am not going to say a thing about that because I would consider that to be justified. Somebody draws a gun on a cop and gets shot, that's perfectly justified. I have a family member who's okay. a police officer. He puts his, his life on the line on a routine basis. Hmm. There is a huge difference between responding to a real threat and panicking and killing somebody who is unarmed without any real justification. And the, the the biggest issue here, when it really comes down to it, is we have officers playing judge, jury, and executioner. They are depriving people of right to due process. We have poorly trained
1: officers in a lot of cases.
0: And, and poorly screened.
1: Yeah. You know, you got poorly trained officers driving tanks, surplus tanks, or militarized vehicles that they've gotten from the military to do shit that they don't need to be doing.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. And it, it needs to stop. We need our cops to be acting more like civilians, not soldiers. And we need to we need our officers to win back the trust of their the minorities in their community.
1: You know what they need to do is start bringing back fucking walk around beat cops, you know, that, you know, talk with people, buy an apple from the market, you know, be part of the community. Don't just fucking roll up on, on somebody, you know, 10, 12 strong and, and just like, uh, what was that weird incident? You know, this, this one doesn't even have anything to do with race or anything. Just fucking, uh, there's a high speed chase and they've, the cops surrounded the car. They fired what? 137 bullets into the car. Uh, basically 20, 20 into each person. There was two people in the car. One of the cops actually got up on the hood and was firing through the windshield. Is that fucking necessary? No.
0: Heck, the the number of of cars they had involved in that violated policy.
1: Uh, Oh, and I'm sorry. Those two people were unarmed.
0: Yeah. That shouldn't be happening. (laughs) Overkill much? I don't care if you catch somebody in the act. They still have a right to due process.
1: Yeah. It's not fucking Judge Dread time yet.
0: And hopefully never will be. All right. That is it for feedback. But I, I do want to take this opportunity to uh, talk about something I've been noticing with the stats. Uh, this became more apparent okay. when we switched from doing a roughly two hour episode every other week to a roughly one hour episode every week. Hmm. The average, like, background downloads per day actually increased. Hmm. The number of downloads immediately after release went up slightly, but mostly stayed the same. Okay. Which is what you would expect. Uh, But the number of downloads per episode has gone down. Hmm. Um, What this tells me is roughly half of our listeners are not actually subscribed to the show. (laughs) And, you know, mm. for, from some of what I've heard listening to uh, Libsyn's podcast for podcasters, The Feed, is most people who listen to podcasts only listen to three or fewer. And most people don't really know what a podcast is or how best to do it. Uh, I, I have a page up on the, uh, on the website. So go over to atheistnomads.com and there's in the, the top menu bar, there is a how to listen page. And it goes into all of the details on how easiest you can listen from whatever kind of device you have. If you have an iOS device, uh, iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, whatever the current version of that is like, uh, you can subscribe to us in the podcast app or in iTunes. And it is real easy to do. Just search for Atheist Nomads and subscribe. Yeah, go to
1: iTunes, do the subscribe search for us do the subscribe thing and there you go yeah peace cake
0: um while you're there if if you're you're already a subscriber too uh leave us a comment uh a review leave leave us a five-star review and Uh,
1: i'm a whore like that
0: one one problem with our our reviews that i've noticed because i do check on those periodically uh it by default they're filtered by what's been marked as most relevant the Hmm. three most relevant reviews according to that are from the summer of 2012, (laughs) two months after we started.
1: Yeah, we we should start begging for comments more.
0: Please do something about that. Uh, Mark what's relevant and unmark things that aren't relevant. Uh, If it's somebody just blowing sunshine and roses up our ass, you can mark that as unrelevant. If it's somebody who thinks that we're just complete and utter shit, uh, um,
1: go ahead and mark that irrelevant. Exercise
0: too. your judgment there, but if it's old, it isn't relevant anymore. We things have changed. We have gotten better. Our style has changed. Uh, so yeah, uh, and and then for for everybody else, and this, this works on on iOS devices as well. Um, but there's also Android, um, which most smartphones are Android smartphones. Uh, Stitcher is a free app that you can use to subscribe to us and and listen to us. Uh, We do do have a a decent number of our listeners coming from Stitcher, but a smaller amount than most shows have. And that's kind of a chicken-egg problem. Uh, We were kind of late getting on Stitcher, and the more people you have subscribing on Stitcher, the higher up in the rankings you go. The higher up in the rankings, Mm -hmm. the more people will find you in Stitcher. Uh, The other factor there, just like with iTunes, the more reviews you get, the higher up in the rankings you go. And we have had one review on Stitcher. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Virginia Don. Yay! But some more would be good as well. (laughs) So subscribe in Stitcher if you are so inclined to. Uh, If you use Stitcher or you don't use a podcatcher yet. And yeah, leave us a review. Uh, Now for the the other types of smartphones out there, uh, Windows Phone and BlackBerry, uh, we are in the podcast directories on both of those. Uh, You can find us there real easy. And doing... Any of those is a great easy way to find out when we get a show, release a new episode and to be able to listen to it right from the start and never miss an episode. Um for the rest of you, uh on our website, I have I have redone the homepage. I have simplified it and shrunk it down and the what's front and center is a Stitcher web player. Uh, it will always have the most recent episode and the eight most recent episodes below that that you can listen to. And one of the handy things with that, if you pause it, it will offer to let you finish it up later on Stitcher. Nice. Yeah.
1: A handy thing, up in the top left corner of the AtheistNomads.com website, uh, the subscribe links for iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast, or Aug, which, if you know what Aug is, I don't have to explain that to you, so you're on your own. Um uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair enough. Uh-huh. Anyways, uh for iTunes or Stitcher, of course, click the link. Uh if you're on your smartphone, like uh me, I've got my Galaxy Note here. I have a podcast app called Podcatcher or excuse me, Dogcatcher that I love using. Uh if I was on my phone on the website, I would just click podcast and that would pull up Dogcatcher for me and I could add it right there. piece of cake.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're also in directories in a lot of those apps, including Dogcatcher. Yeah, sure. Yeah, if you have takes. your, your, your app of choice, um, if we aren't in the directory, let us know and I will try to find out how to get in there because we want to make it easy to, for people to listen to us. And yeah, we would like to have more listeners too. Of course, the other great thing you can do to help us get more listeners, share information about our show, tell your friends and family, talk to people at, at the local, uh, your local atheist group. Uh share stuff on Facebook and Twitter, Google Plus. Hello. Everywhere. Hello. Yeah.
1: We are just a little story. I was over visiting uh Sam from Ask an Atheist, I don't know, five, six months ago. Uh was just there for a post show, just like I do fairly used to do fairly often. And you know, one of the guys, a new guy showed up and he's like, you know, I've listened to Ask an Atheist a couple of times, but you know, I actually really like Atheist Nomads, and I am swear this is a no-bullshit thing, and I, you know, I just happened to be there that day, and I was like, you've got to be shitting me, and so I had to take a picture of this guy, because it was <laughs> kind of weird, because,
0: yeah, anyways. Kind of like when I got my first fan photo. <laughs> Back in my blogging days with Wesley. Yeah,
1: yeah. Hi. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sally, for being our <laughs> top supporter. Holy shit, that's amazing. Uh, but wow. Yeah. We only have a handful of people that, uh, give us money, but you're, all of you are very welcome to join in. Uh, I'd like to run down and say very, very heart- heartfelt thank you to, uh, Sally and Travis, Renee, of course, who gave us our, her one review, uh, Russ and Virginia Dawn and uh, I see you around quite a bit too, Virginia. So thank you very much, Mark Vernware, Gary from Idaho, atheist. Yay! Uh, Russ is one of my local boys from my Kitsap atheists and agnostics. Love the dude, Mark. Flying, uh, the flying skeptic. Hey, uh, Kevin. To all you guys, badass. Thanks a bunch. Holy shit!
0: And of course, Archway Hosting. Oh yeah, fucking eh. You
1: know, because that's. That's a hell of a thing. We really appreciate that.
0: Free website? Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: We, we've we been on Archway for almost a year now. And compared to our previous host, uh, DreamHost, Archway, I have never run into downtime.
1: No, I don't think I've ever seen, seen or heard any.
0: It has been mm-hmm. flawless. And we're just on regular shared hosting, not yeah. even a VPS, which is what we had with, with DreamHost um archway is mm-hmm. providing top quality service and their prices are incredibly low i can having tried them out for a while now our price of course
1: is incredibly low but just standard <laughs> prices are pretty damn good
0: yeah and you know after after using archway for quite a while now i can i can fully endorse them 100 uh, yeah. Show percent. show them mm-hmm. some love you will appreciate it works great with wordpress Yes, it does. All right. Well, thanks for listening. It's been fun. And we wish you all a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and just happy holidays in general. Thank you for listening to another episode of Atheist Nomads. You can find us online at www.atheistnomads.com, contact us at contact at atheistnomads.com, or leave us a voicemail message at 541-203-0666. You can also like us on Facebook or leave us a review on iTunes, Zoom, or wherever else you find the podcast. Until next time, this has been the Atheist Nomads.